You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast. Focus on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. A lot to get to as normal. Today you'll hear from Brett Balbinot, the play-by-play voice, the radio voice of the Toledo Rockets. He gives some of the intel on what he expects from this game on Saturday, tomorrow. We'll also talk a little bit about what our practice insider has had to say about BYU football this week, injuries, personnel notes, and also just kind of his thoughts overall on the program at this juncture of the season, having finished the four Power 5 games and now turning their attention to the remaining eight games on BYU's schedule. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports. A full sports weekend, multiple sports in action. We'll run that down for you as well as today's show rolls on. Today's podcast brought to you as always by our title sponsor here on Locked On Cougars, our good friends at Deseret First Credit Union. We'll tell you about that company and what they're offering our listeners here in just a little bit. And with that, let's get to it. This is Locked On Cougars for September 27th, 2019. Hi guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks again for taking the time to download this show on a Friday or whenever you're hearing this ahead of BYU's game on Saturday. Kickoff scheduled for 10 a.m. Mountain Time along the Wasatch Front at 12 o'clock Eastern Time kick. It will be on ESPN+. Plus. The only way you can watch this game is to stream it on ESPN's new streaming network. If you don't have ESPN+, Plus, well, go to ESPN+. Plus com. You can figure out all the details. Uh, some people saying that there's not a seven-day free trial. When I last checked, this was last night, I saw that the seven-day free trial was still available. Granted, I am I am a longtime subscriber to ESPN+. Plus. I think it's well worth the $4.99 a month it costs to have the access to the network, but that's just me. If you guys need a place to watch the game, let me know. I'd be happy to have you guys come over to my place. You can come over and watch the game with me if you like, uh, but I would encourage you guys at least check it out. Out, see if ESPN Plus might be the right fit for you because this is just my personal opinion. BYU's next TV deal with ESPN whenever that gets announced and or signed, it's going to involve ESPN Plus to a large degree. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, the Power Fives don't do that. Actually, they do. The Big 12 has multiple games on the ESPN Plus network. So I think it's something that's worth looking into and potentially investing in if you're a BYU fan, particularly for tomorrow's game. Now, our practice insider weighed in this week, talking with him a little bit about what he's seen at practice this week. And it sounds like BYU, all things considered, coming out of the four Power Five games, they're relatively healthy. Of course, you have the two season-ending injuries to both Tyson Williams and Zane Anderson, and both of those are critical losses on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But outside of that, BYU's has stayed relatively relatively healthy. Guys who didn't play in last week's games, guys like uh, Keenan Peely, I don't expect them to play tomorrow. Our practice insider said they were limited at best. It sounds like Moroni Laulu Pututau will give it a go. He's week to week at this point. You heard Aaron Roderick talk about it yesterday here on the podcast, BYU's passing game coordinator. They're just going to have to evaluate how he feels, where he's at, and if he's able to play each week, they'll use him because he's a great weapon in the offense for BYU and they like what he can offer to the Cougars but he's got to be ready to go so 
I think week to week it's going to be kind of a play it by ear thing with Moroni and expect to hear his name tomorrow if at all possible he is trying to get himself cleared to play but we'll see what shakes out with that um, another note for you tight ends wise is our practice insider said there are two guys that are coming up at the, in the tight end ranks that really could make an impact going forward one we've already seen take the field at different points this season he actually technically got the start against Tennessee and that is Joe Tukuafu it sounds like he is really rounding into form he was dealing with a minor knee issue earlier on this season he's kind of been working through it but it sounds like he's ready to go so expect to see him in larger doses and then true freshman tight end Carter Wheat a guy that uh, came in and really had a strong fall camp before suffering an ankle injury in the lead up to the Utah game and he's been out since. I'm not sure that he necessarily gets on the field tomorrow in large doses. I think they're going to wait through the bye week before really unleashing him and we'll see what happens. But the coaching staff, I can tell you this much, people around the program are very high on Wheat's ability, his potential impact, and they think that he could definitely have an impact down the stretch of run of this season. So keep an eye out for him. We're in uh, number 99. It's a great number for a tight end, if you ask me. A couple of the notes for you is it sounds more and more likely that Troy Warner and Chris Wilcox are going to redshirt this season, but that does not mean that they're not going to play this year. Both of them have been spotted at different points this season, particularly this week with Chris Wilcox with their pads on, working out off to the side during practice for BYU. But it sounds like the plan for the, both players, unless they get miraculous cleared here in the next couple of weeks. They'll probably redshirt this year and probably play between three and four games, mostly in the month of November, when you'll see a lot of freshmen that are expected to redshirt also get their opportunities to play. So it sounds like more and more likely that yeah, both Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner are going to be officially redshirts this year. They'll play their actual senior seasons next year in 2020 for BYU. But if everything goes according to plan and they stay healthy and they're able to continue to kind of build towards uh, playing shape, etc., Expect to see them on the field in November as they play the requisite four games that they can play before actually utilizing that red shirt. I think it'd be a smart plan. Get them some game action before going into an offseason where they're really going to work hard and prepare for their senior year. But I think it's a, it's going to be a boon to BYU's lineup if and when they're able to get onto the field. A couple of the notes for you in terms of what our practice insider said is that along the offensive line, everybody is healthy. Uh, they think Tristan Hodge will bounce back from a subpar effort uh, last week. I also expect that Chandon Herring and Kiefer Longson are looking to get some uh, get some recompense for what, how they played against Washington. James Empey didn't have a great game either, so the interior of BYU's offensive line has doing, been doing a lot of work this week in terms of working together, really su- figuring out what they can do to slow down star defensive tackles. Granted, I don't think BYU will face a defensive tackle or tackles the caliber that Washington had the rest of the way this season, but BYU's offensive line, Eric Mateos, their coach, they really wanted to get things sorted out. It sounds like they've been working hard at getting things uh, figured out along the offensive line. So there you go. Some of the news and notes from our practice insider. Thank him each week for weighing in, giving us some of his insights on what he's seeing at practice, but it sounds like all things considered, outside of the two major injuries to both Tyson Williams as well as Zane Anderson uh Everybody else on BYU's squad, for the most part, healthy outside of Keenan Peely, who I would say is very much doubtful for tomorrow's game. You're hoping to see maybe see him back on the field after the bye week at South Florida. 
All right, there you go. Some of the news and notes around the BYU football program. Coming up next, you're going to hear from Brett Balbanot. He is the play-by-play voice for the Toledo Rockets. He joined the big show here on the Zone Sports Network, the station I work for in Salt Lake City, to talk about the Rockets and what he expects from tomorrow's game. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats and their app help you find your favorite live event. Enter the promo code KICKOFF on the Vivid Seats app at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100. A reminder for you guys, when you guys are driving around or just happen to be at your house having some downtime, make your smart devices work for you. All you got to do to listen to this podcast is tell your smartphone and your smart speaker, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and we'll be right there with you for the drive or just keeping you busy as you work around the house and keeping you updated on everything going on in BYU sports news. Thanks again for downloading the show on a Friday. I'm Jay Catch, your host here. Let's get to an interview that the big show with uh, Jake Scott and Gordon Monson on the Zone Sports Network here in Salt Lake City did with Brett Balbanot, the play-by-play voice of the Toledo Rockets. Had some great thoughts on the Rockets and the challenges they'll pose to BYU tomorrow at 10 a.m. Mountain Time when they kick off, but also had some great thoughts on what he expects to see from BYU. So here you go. Brett Balbanot, play-by-play voice of the Toledo Rockets on the big show. Thanks to them for letting us use this here on Locked On Cougars. Tell us a little bit about this year's version of Toledo. What uh, what are the Cougars in store for this Saturday? Well, uh, I would love to tell you it would be exactly like three years ago where it came down to the final play of the game and uh, there was a little bit of riverboat gambler in both coaches. But in all honesty, it sounds like both uh, are going to be searching for uh, a little bit more consistency. But uh, to be honest with you, you've got two high-octane offenses, and I expect, I don't know what the over-under is right now. For entertainment purposes only, I usually only search for that late in the week, but I would expect uh, the scoreboard to be lit up this weekend. Tell us a little bit about this running back that we we're hearing about. He sounds like he is a real player. Uh, are you talking about Brian Kobach? Yeah, I think so. Yes, uh, 19 carries, 228 yards, not a carry for a loss uh, Saturday night against Colorado State. Three touchdowns, and they aim for explosive plays uh, at Toledo. Their offense has always been – Coach Candle is an offensive mind. Uh, there's no question about it. He continues the legacy of uh, a long line of coaches that have been very offensive-minded here. But uh, they consider explosive plays to be a run of 15 yards or more or a pass play of 20 yards or more. And they had four backs – get carries Saturday night against uh, Colorado State, and each one of them had at least one explosive play. Kobach alone on his three touchdown runs, 37, 47, and 75. They're going to try and get him to the edge. They're going to try and get him into space. And once he reaches that next level, they like his chances with a one-on-one matchup against a safety. Tell us a little bit about Toledo's defense. It seems like they've been prone at times to give up some yardage. Uh, Still a work in progress. They've been uh, bit by some injuries, especially early on this season. They are young. They're moving some guys around. What I will say is this. um, Due to injury last year on the defensive front, they were forced to go to a rotation uh, of as many as eight guys. Now, the silver lining coming into this season is 
they all have experience. And Jamal Hines at D-end, he may seem a little undersized when you take a look at him on the depth chart at about 255 to 260 pounds. You would think maybe a speed or a rush end, but he is disruptive. He will get into backfields, and while they may not have a lot of sacks to show for it, as you guys are well aware of having seen the Cougars' high-octane offense, the way offenses have been run probably in the last 10 or 15 years, um, spreading the field 53 and a third to 53 and a third, the sack isn't necessarily what it used to be, but they value quarterback hurries at Toledo just as much. If you can take the quarterback off of his set, rush the play, then they feel that's as good, and this is a kid that can do that. You know, when we saw Toledo on the schedule, uh, Jake and I were talking about how this is a tough, tough game for the Cougars to have to go back there and play it. To those of our listeners who aren't that familiar with Toledo, uh, how would you describe the the kind of athletes that this program draws? Um, Tough-nosed blue collar. I mean, Toledo is a blue collar city. You talk about the three major industries that kind of make this city's engine run. And uh, I wouldn't say chip on the shoulder, but to a certain degree there is. You know, the kid that might have been an athlete good enough. Look, you figure this way. I'm going to give you kind of a a visual here. Toledo is, is sandwiched about 45 minutes south of Ann Arbor, about two hours north of Ohio State. And the entire city has kind of a chip on its shoulder when it comes to identity, toughness. That's not to say that uh, there aren't people that wouldn't bend over backwards to help you, but you look at them the wrong way and they're going to smack you upside the head. That's the type of kid that plays for Toledo. Uh, Us against the world, so to speak. Ask for no quarter and give none. Doesn't mean that they're unsportsmanlike, but when that whistle sounds, you better be prepared to go grill to grill and maybe a couple seconds after that whistle because that's just the way they do things here, whether it's a sports event or just getting up in the morning and going to work. Brent Balbinot is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tell us a little bit about the, the MAC, Brent. Where, where does Toledo expect to stack up, and how does the MAC compare this year to the other G5 leagues? Uh, good question. And again, seeing a little bit of uh, the Mountain West coming out just a week ago at Colorado State, kind of keeping an eye on, on some of the G5s. Um, Toledo is usually considered to be one of the upper level teams in the MAC. As a matter of fact, this year picked to win the Western Division. They do have uh, divisions here within the conference, so that would mean they would be expected to get to the championship game in December. That's not to say that this group thinks anything's given to them. Uh, to a T, they all echo the uh, the head coach, Jason Candle's sentiments about respecting the process. You hear that a lot, but he's got a phrase here, respect what hard work looks like. And if you take care of each week, then the season should take care of itself. So when you talk about um, Toledo in the MAC, you're talking about a team that – basically year in, year out, especially in the West with maybe a Northern Illinois. This year, Eastern Michigan has proven that they've got some very good players. Uh, in the Western Division, Ohio, you saw what Buffalo did at Penn State, almost knocking off the Nittany Lions earlier this year. Surprise loss to Liberty the following week, but then coming back and bouncing back. Um, the upper half of the MAC on any given Saturday, they feel can play with anybody in the country. And uh, they know what uh, the test is going to be coming in this Saturday because all the respect in the world to BYU. This is a very good football team coming into the Glass Bowl on Saturday. When the Cougars played Western Michigan uh, up in uh, Boise in the bowl game, uh, Zach Wilson was, what was it, Jake, 18 of 18? He was perfect that day. He was perfect that day. I don't expect that to happen against uh, Toledo. (laughs) 
Well, I will say this, and again, not necessarily because they respect. I did my coach's show with Coach Candle last night, and we ran through a handful of players that they are going to identify, both offensively and defensively. You're talking about Zach Wilson. Again, he's a big kid. You know, 6'3", about 208 pounds, I think it is, on the depth chart. And to blitz him, uh, even with a, a safety, guys just bounce off of him. Um, he's just a big, rugged, tough kid. I had the chance to uh, to record and uh, watch. I'm not trying to rub salt in the uh, the wound, guys, but I had a chance to rewatch the game since we were out west uh, this weekend against Washington. And it just seemed like maybe just a little off rhythm. Uh, didn't help that they couldn't hang on to the football. But they are very much aware that they've got to keep him in between the hash marks. We talked about Jamal Hines setting the edge. He may or may not have a spy on him, uh, given basically down and distance situation will certainly uh, be a precursor to that. But I'll tell you what, another kid that they really talked about, and I know that the defensive coordinator, Brian George, gushes over but is also concerned over, is your big tight end, Matt Bushman. Uh, all 6'5", 250 pounds of him. I saw that over-the-shoulder catch that he made. This kid is an athlete. They're going to make sure they know where he is on any snap of the football. Well, Brent, we uh, certainly appreciate your time. Thanks for jumping on with us, and uh, hopefully we're in store for a good one on Saturday. Anytime, guys. My pleasure. There you go, Brett Balbinot, and he is a big fan of Zach Wilson, or at least wanted to see him in large doses and see what he can do against Toledo. This is a hard-running, fast-paced team that the Rockets are going to be facing BYU with. They'll be up for this game. BYU is a big-name opponent to them going to the Glass Bowl. It's actually the second visit only for BYU to Mac country after playing at Western Michigan in the 60s and 70s. So BYU doesn't make it back very often to Mac country, but big game tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. And thanks to the big show, as well as, well as Brett Balbinot, for letting us play that po- play that interview here on Locked on Cougars. All right, uh, we'll catch up on everything going on going on in BYU Sports News next. A lot to get to because there's a lot going on with BYU Sports this weekend. It's finally the full first full weekend of fall sports for BYU, every fall sport in action. We'll catch up on everything going on with that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, do want to tell you about today's title sponsor on the podcast, and that is our great friends at Deseret First Credit Union. They share a faith-based bond with their members, but they also celebrate the unique goal and passions of those individual members. They're asking everybody right now, and you've probably heard this in some of the other ad campaigns, what is your why? Whatever it might be, have you thought about refinancing your home to save some money and help fund your passion project? Refinancing doesn't have to be hard or even cost you anything, and with rates still low right now, guys, they're near historic lows. Now is a great time to refinance your mortgage and keep more money in your pocket. With a no-cost refinancing from Deseret First Credit Union, you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing and save potentially up to hundreds of dollars a month. The DFCU Mortgage Team is here to help you guys regardless of your financial situation. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, you're looking at getting into investment properties, they'll find the right solution for you when it comes to your mortgage needs. Give them a call, 801-456-7070-456-7070, or visit dfcu.com to apply in just five minutes or less. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC. Terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. 
As we close out today's edition of the podcast, I want to remind you guys this podcast is available everywhere fine podcasts can be found. Please leave us a favorable rating and review. Those five-star reviews, particularly on Apple Podcasts, are worth their weight in podcast gold. But regardless of wherever you download us, please subscribe to the show. Follow along each day as we join you to talk about BYU sports, myself, Jay Catch, and our guests that we have on each week. It's great to be with you guys each and every day talking BYU sports. Now, let's step away from the gridiron and talk about the other sports in the BYU athletic department. Last night, seventh straight shutout for number five BYU women's soccer on the road at Long Beach State. They rolled to a 3-0 win over Long or over LBSU. Jennifer Rockwood in the release from BYU said, quote, we stayed patient, knew the goals were going to come, and they finally came. Uh, BYU was a, a 0-0 first half, and then they came alive in the second half, rolling to the 3-0 victory. They're now 9-0 on the season. They return to Southfield tomorrow as they host UC Irvine in the final non-conference match at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. The game will be live on BYU TV and of course the audio the radio broadcast will be across the BYU Sports Network if you want to catch that. Uh, BYU Women's Volleyball ranked number 9 in the country went to Gonzaga last night and just rolled to a 3-0 sweep of Gonzaga 25-13, 25-13 25-17. Easy win for BYU. Congratulations to them on the win there. They remain on on the road this weekend. They head to Portland tomorrow to face off against the Pilots at noon Pacific time. That'll be a 1 o'clock Mountain time. You can get links to the stats, etc. for that match on the BYU Cougars website. Other teams in action this weekend. The men's and women's tennis teams are in action. The men's team will be at the Air Force Invitational in Colorado Springs, while the women's tennis team will be at the Cal Fall Invitational in Berkeley, California. Best of luck to both of those teams as they play. Uh, BYU soft opening their fall slate this weekend as they host Snow College at Gale Miller Field. That is tonight at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. You can go online and get tickets there. You can go out to that game and watch Gordon Eakin's team in action. Men's Golf has a busy weekend this weekend as they open up their fall season. They open up at the William H. Tucker Invitational in Albuquerque, New Mexico. They're playing at the UNM South Golf Course today and tomorrow in the William H. Tucker Invitational. Then they hop a plane Sunday and head to Fresno, California for the Nick Watney Invitational. So they're going to play five days of golf, and it'll probably be, I think, seven rounds of golf, if not eight rounds of golf, over the next five days. going to be a busy weekend for men's golf, but best of luck to them as they open up their fall slate and hoping that they can go out and show well in that. Men's and women's cross country, the men's team ranked number two in the country, the women's team number six in the country. They are both headed to Springfield, Oregon, for the Bill Dellinger Invitational tomorrow morning. 10.30 a.m. Pacific time, men's team gets going. Going. That'll be 11.30 Mountain Time, followed by the women's team at 11.30 a.m. Pacific Time, 12.30 Mountain Time in those races on the Pine Ridge Golf Club golf course in Springfield. Best of luck to the men's and women's cross-country teams. Here's hoping they can win both of their meets at that event and continue their stellar run to start this season. Um, and then one final note for you. Early next week, BYU Women's Volleyball, they're going to come off of that road trip. Well, there's no rest for the weary because Tuesday they're going to host Loyola Marymount at the Smith Fieldhouse. So they're going to play a lot of matches this weekend over the next six or seven days. And best of luck to them as they get ready for that. So there you go. That is the rundown of what's happening in BYU sports. Can't thank you guys enough once again for your continued support of this podcast each and every day. Thanks again for joining us. Please let us know if there are any comments, concerns, or questions 
questions by emailing us lockedonbyu at gmail.com. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check us out, Locked on Cougars on all three of those platforms, and my personal Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch. Thanks again for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Seriously, though, if you need a place to watch the game, hit me up. I'd love to have you guys come over and watch the game with me see what we can work out but if you don't have espn plus connect with your buddies figure it out and enjoy the game tomorrow we'll be back talking with you early next week hopefully have a recap edition on tomorrow uh, after the game goes final we'll see what we can do it just kind of depends on my schedule with my radio responsibilities but we'll see what we can do until then enjoy whatever's left the rest of your friday enjoy your weekend we will talk to you soon this has been locked on cougars for september 27th 2019 we